You're on EducateForLife.com radio with Kevin Conover. And if you listen long enough, your faith will become... I'm tired of being conned. Don't worry, the con is over, see? We're now at DEFCON 1. Did you say carnivore or carnivore? Would you like to have a conversation with Kevin? Then call 800-243-9719. And now, here's your host, Kevin Conover. Bring your time and bring your shame. Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website is educateforlife.org. And if you haven't heard, I'm running for Grossmont Union School Board. I've got about 60% of my costs covered, but I still need an additional about $4,000 to cover all the costs. If you think it's important to have pro-family, God-fearing school board members, please uh, consider contributing to my campaign at kevinconover.com. I would really appreciate that. That'd be a huge blessing. My guest today is Michael LaRay. Michael is a former Jehovah, Jehovah's Witness. I think the show is going to be absolutely phenomenal. If you want to check out his stuff, uh, you can check him out on YouTube, Ultimate Mordecai, uh, which is U-L-T-I-M-A-T-E, Mordecai, M-O-R-D-E-C-A-I. Michael, thanks so much for being on the show today. Oh, it's my pleasure, Kevin. Yeah, I am so excited to talk to you about, you know, what's going on in your life. And, um, you know, it's amazing to me. Uh, there's so many different ways God uses what we've been through to glorify himself. And you here are reaching out to people that, that are within the Jehovah's Witness community, and you're lovingly trying to reach out and share the truth with them. Is that, is that right? Absolutely. Amen. Yeah. So um, why don't we start all the way back at the beginning? You grew up here in San Diego. Yes. You went to El Capitan, you said? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so why don't you start us with the beginning? What was your family like coming up, uh, you know, your, your upbringing, brothers and sisters, that sort of thing? Okay, cool. So, um, I was born and raised here in San Diego. I was um, I was raised by a stepfather. My mom met him when I was a year old. I had an older sister. She's three years older than me. And then they got married. Um, he was from Germany. He wasn't a Jehovah's Witness at first, but she brought him into it so that they could have a relationship. And then they married. Now, and, I've um, heard, I, just yeah. a question about that. I've heard that a Jehovah's Witness is not allowed to marry a non-Jehovah's Witness was your mother kind of breaking a rule there or how's that? Yeah. Well, if she was, if she wanted to marry him, they would have, they would have to, he would have to be a Jehovah's oh, Witness, okay, of course, okay. you know, you don't want to marry outside of the faith. Sometimes it happens, but it's very frowned upon. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So he, so he was motivated uh, in that relationship. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And he, um, so he, he ends up becoming one of Jehovah's Witnesses, gets baptized and uh, I'm raised in it. And then we have, uh, he, he and my mom have a, a daughter together. So I have a younger sister as well. Okay. And um, we were all raised in the faith. And I, I didn't leave it until right around my 30th birthday. Okay. Now, now, so you're going all the way up through high school. What was high school like for you? I mean, explain to people, how is it different living as a Jehovah's Witness as opposed to, you know, maybe a Christian or a Mormon or just an agnostic, somebody who doesn't believe anything at all. Um, what was your up? How, what, what were the differences there as you're growing up? Let me start with elementary school, if you don't mind. Yeah, because yeah. that's where, you know, I'm, I'm a young youth there and there's all this stuff I had to prepare for. Okay, we're Jehovah's Witnesses. When you go to school, there's going to be other kids that are going to salute the flag. 
They're going to celebrate their birthdays. Yeah. They're going to celebrate holidays. They're going to say, God bless you. If somebody sneezes, all this stuff that we're not allowed to do, they're going to be doing. And I have to share my faith with them. And, and there was stuff. That's it a was, lot of pressure for a little kid. It, it was scary. And yeah. the truth is it was kind of embarrassing too, because yeah. I felt like an outcast. Yeah. So that is uh, so interesting to me. Um, when I was a kid, I went to Ocean Beach Elementary School, and I remember I had a friend who was a little kid who was Jehovah's Witness, and I was always puzzled as to why he wouldn't, uh, you know, stand for the the pledge and, and things like that. And what what's the reasoning behind that? What's what's going on there? Yeah. Okay. So so they take that from the Old Testament where Moses was given the law: "Thou shalt not make carved images or worship them." So the Jehovah's Witness they see the American flag or any other flag as a carved image. And they think that when you put your hand over your heart, you're doing obeisance or worshiping this thing. Mm-hmm. So, so how would you respond to that today? Would you say, uh, I mean, uh, you're a, you're a Christian today. Yeah. Uh, would you still feel like that's worship or how would you distinguish between worship and what's going on there? Um, no, not really. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, um, see that as worship myself Yeah, because I'm doing kind of an honorary thing. You know, yeah. it, at first it was so strange for me to even thought, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, <laughs> you know, am I, am I doing wrong? You know, there's all things are, are lawful, but maybe all things are not beneficial, sure, you know? So sure. I, I'm like, okay, no, I can now, but, but should I, what do I do? It's kind of confusing for me at first. Yeah. But when I was a Jehovah's witness, I mean, I'll tell you a story there. I would be in the classroom yeah. and every day we started with the pledge of the legions. Right. Yeah. And so we would stand up. We were allowed to stand up, but we were not allowed to put our hand over our heart and speak it. But I remember sometimes I'd be so embarrassed. So my hand would kind of go on my stomach (laughs) and I'd kind of move my lips just a tiny bit to make it look like I was participating because I got asked all the time. Yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing? (laughs) Why aren't you sleeping in the flat? And I really didn't know how to answer them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so crazy. So now is that just something that your parents teach you? Like when you're growing up as a little kid, is that uh, dependent upon your parents to teach you, Hey, you don't salute. You don't, um, how you respond to God bless you and all, or is, is, um, now would you call it the kingdom hall? Would you call it the church? Who's teaching you? Did did they get all the kids together and say, okay, kids, this is, this is our Sunday school. You don't salute the pledge. And how does that work? Okay. So, um, we call it the kingdom hall church. They believe is a very pagan word. So they don't affiliate themselves with the word church. They say kingdom hall. And when you meet together, you're meeting or congregating. And when you're at the kingdom hall, Everybody is in the same room learning the same thing. They don't have a um, a youth ministry there. So the kids they the, and the adults, they're all together. Yeah. They're all learning the same thing. And that stuff, it's not just drilled in our heads at the Kingdom Hall, but also at home. And we had tons of literature to study that that brought that up over and over, repeated it again wow, and again, huh. what not to do. It's all about behavior. That's Jehovah's Witnesses is all about behavior. It's all about behavior and working and working and, and trying to become a righteous person. You're mm-hmm. just never going to quite get following there. all the rules. Absolutely. So how has that contrasted as you and what we'll get to, you know, how you got out of the Jehovah's Witness. I'm, v- I'm very curious and I'm sure our listeners are, too. But since you become a Christian, how has that contrasted um, this idea of I've got to be the perfect person with 
with what you're doing now in Christianity. Wow. Um, the one when I became a Christian, first of all, I didn't even know I became one <laughs> because I thought if you become a Christian, you have to be like Jesus. You got to be perfect. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um, but I, when I started understanding scripture, learning how to divide it and understanding what righteousness was, that it's a gift. It's not something I can earn or or, or achieve. It's something that's given to me automatically when I receive him into my heart, into my spirit. It's done as a Jehovah's Witness. It's a long process of works. It's called works righteousness. Yeah. Was that a huge relief for you when you when you understood that concept? It took me years. So when I finally understood it, you don't understand. I I could now walk in my identity even as a newborn believer when I, you know, 14 years ago, I didn't know my identity yet. I battled, am I saved mm-hmm. am I not? It was it yeah. was this yo-yo thing going on. And when I finally started understanding the gospel of grace, <laughs> that by grace, he gave me his righteousness as a gift. I could start now walking in that identity. Wow, that's that's amazing. And uh, just the pressure that comes off you of, I don't have to perform anymore. I can rest easy in Christ rather than constantly trying to, to meet uh, an impossible standard, right? Right, absolutely. <laughs> and for a little kid, I mean going through elementary and going through junior high and going through high school, that's ongoing, right? Yes, it is. It was terrifying, actually, because I was always thinking, I'm not doing good enough. I knew that even my thoughts were being read by God. I thought God's eyes were always watching me to see how much bad I was doing. I never could believe that he saw anything good in me. I was always walking with the fear of God, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't a proper type of fear, a reverential awe. This was a fear of punishment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's just uh, phenomenal. And the crazy thing is that I think a lot of Christians— and even uh, non-believers think that that's what Christianity is, and yet it's not at all. My guest today is Michael Larray, and he's a former Jehovah's Witness, and God is just using him. Uh, he recently wrote a book, uh, My Jehovah, and you can check that out. You can visit him on his uh, YouTube uh, channel. It's Ultimate Mordecai. Just go to YouTube, type in Ultimate Mordecai. It's got his email on there. It's got his P.O. box if you'd like to purchase his book. Stay with us. We're going to continue this very interesting story. We'll be right back. What do leading local restaurants have in common? They depend on Express Fix Coffee for new and used coffee and espresso machines, repairs, and affordable monthly service. Dave Martin and his local team provide water filtration services too. Call San Diego's best espresso repair company, serving your home and business. Learn more online at expressfixcoffee.com. Call Express Fix Coffee at 619-867-3853. 619-867-3853. Hi, this is Jason Hall president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching.
teachings. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. Add historic American beauty to your home today with genuine Amish furniture. It's built in the USA from solid cherry wood with a bourbon finish. Or choose alternative woods and finishes to accent your home's decor. You'll find it all at Tucker's Valley Furniture. For over 65 years, the Tucker family has served San Diego County. Still family owned. Cash and Carry and Tucker's Valley Furniture. Two stores, both right across the street at Maine and Mollison in El Cajon. Learn more at tuckersvalleyfurniture.com. When you need tires, or service, count on Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service in Oceanside for a full range of affordable options in all the brands you trust. See their great customer reviews and special offers online. Hours Tuesday through Friday, 7.30 to 5.30 and Saturdays, 7.30 to 5. Call Dan and his team at 760-439-1631. Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service, 2405 Oceanside Boulevard in Oceanside, 760-439-1631. I will cast Thanks for listening today. This is Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website is educateforlife.org. If you'd like to pick up a recording of this program, you'd like to share it with a friend, you can do it on my website. I've also got a YouTube channel, which is Educate for Life video, and it's also on iTunes. So love to have you uh, check those out. And I've uh, got all kinds of uh, amazing shows on there. I think we're, we're up over 60 different shows now, so uh, feel free to check that out. I'm also running for Grossmont Union School Board. And uh, I'd love your support. Uh, the election's just right around the corner here. My website for that, that uh, campaign is kevinconover.com. Love to have your support. My guest today is Michael LaRay, and uh, uh, his website or his YouTube channel is Ultimate Mordecai. If you want to get a hold of him, uh, his, his email is michaellaray at yahoo.com. And LaRay is spelled L-E-H-R-E. Michael, when we left off uh, last segment, we were talking about uh, you know, growing up in elementary and junior high and just the pressure to like meet an impossible standard that was there. And something you said that I thought was really interesting, you said, you know, after you began to, you embraced Christ, you became a Christian and you began to study the, the Bible, you began to understand what grace was, the gospel of grace, you said. And um, I think it's interesting because my understanding of Jehovah's Witnesses is that they spend a lot of time in Bible study. I mean, when a Jehovah's Witness comes to most people's doors, people don't want to talk to them because they're afraid that they're not going to be able to, uh, you know, uh, compete with them and their their scriptural knowledge. Right. Can, and, but yet you're saying it wasn't until you became a Christian that you rightly were able to divide the word of God. Can you right. speak to that? Okay. Well, when I, w- I remember when I would be at somebody's door, yeah. I was trained, I had a, a, a briefcase full of literature and then somebody was talking to me. Honestly, I was not hearing or listening to what they were saying. I was preparing for the next thing that I would say. And if they asked me questions, it's not like I could just open my Bible like I was filled with the Holy Spirit. I trusted that my literature had all the answers for me because we didn't believe in the Holy Spirit being alive inside of us. That's a really good point. So Jehovah's Witnesses, how do they view the Holy Spirit compared to... Uh, Christi- Orthodox Christianity. They believe that the Holy Spirit is God's active 
force. It's kind of like Luke Skywalker, you know, <laughs> being able to control this kind of power, but it's not alive with a personality, mm-hmm. but it's something that he could use and tap into. There is a group. They are the leaders of the Jehovah's Witnesses. They're called the anointed class. The Jehovah's Witnesses have two different classes. They have the anointed, which they call the 144,000. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. And then they have the other sheep. The anointed ones were the only ones that were going to heaven, and they were the only ones that could interpret the meaning of Scripture. I couldn't take the Bible as an other sheep class and open the Scripture and be able to decipher what is God speaking to me personally. I had to go through these other men and their literature was the stuff that was going to answer all of my questions that I had. I could never, ever step outside of what they taught. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. I mean, historically, even in the Catholic Church, there's this thing where it's kind of like, you can't understand the Word of God reading it yourself. Um, And they don't hold that position as much today, but in the past they did. And yet here we've seen the same thing within the Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, this pattern of, you can't read it for yourself. You can't understand it. We'll read it for you and then tell you what it was. So you were actually discouraged from reading the Bible on your own. Amen. Do you know, um, I, I remember a couple of years ago, I was over at the San Diego Zoo. And um, this is more than a couple of years ago. This is probably about four years ago, five years ago. Mm-hmm. And I was watching um, these giraffes. And in the exhibit with the giraffes was this other animal. It had a long, skinny neck. And it was staring at me and it was chewing and chewing. And then I saw this lump go down its neck and then boop, this lump came back up and it started chewing again. And I, I'm like, okay, God, you're telling me something. My spirit was saying, pay attention to this animal. Whoa, that's, that's (laughs) intense. Okay. This animal was (laughs) doing something called chewing its cud. Yeah. And now there's other animals that chew food and spit it in their baby's mouths like a bird. Yeah. Okay. So that's what these men do. They chew spiritual food for you and spit it in your mouth. Oh, wow. You're supposed to take their pre-digested food, chew on it yourself, swallow it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's yours. Believe it. (laughs) That's a great metaphor. (laughs) Yeah. But now, you know, now I understand, okay, I'm supposed to take the word of God, Chew on it, swallow it. If I don't understand it, it's going to come up later. Chew on it some more, swallow it. That's called meditation. I'm going to use this metaphor with my uh, students. You can have it. My high school students are going to love this. I'll give you credit though. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. So um, you're discouraged from reading the word of God your own. You're, You're going through this process of going door to door and everything. Now, as you're in you know, you're in high school and so forth. Are any thoughts coming into your mind? Like maybe this isn't true. I remember I had a kid who actually came to my door from my school. Actually, it was a girl and uh, it was actually a girl that I, I liked and she showed up at my door and I was like, what in the world? Why is she here at my door? And, uh, and I, I said, Hey, how you doing? And, and then I noticed her parents were standing behind her down on the street. And at the time I knew nothing about Jehovah's witnesses. And she said, Hey, would you, would you like to come to my church sometime? And I was like, yeah, I'll come to your church. And you want to come to my church? And she was like, oh, no. <laughs> so, Whoa, yeah. yeah. So wow. What, what what was going through your mind as a high school student, even college or whatever, uh, as you got out of high school, as you're going door to door, did you ever have doubts? 
I did have doubts. Just to let you know, we didn't go to college. We were not allowed to. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> but in high school, you bet. I um, I mean, even in elementary school and in junior high school and during high school, I had doubts. But you got to understand, these doubts that I had, they haunted me. They made me feel so guilty. Oh, we were we were told that Armageddon was just around the corner. Now, what year was this when you? We're told that because I, I know that in, they there was kind of this inference to 1975 that that was yeah. going to be the end of the I world. I was three years old in okay. 1975, and I remember everybody was freaking out wow. because it was supposed to come. Yeah, the Watchtower Society today says, "Oh, we we, we never taught that," yeah. but that's not the truth. I was there; I lived through it. Yeah, we were terrified because here's what was supposed to happen: the world was supposed to turn on Jehovah's Witnesses because the world would know that they have the truth. Satan knows that they have the truth. He gets the world. They know that they have the truth. So they all want to turn on the Jehovah's Witnesses because they're siding with the devil, you see. And we, the Jehovah's Witnesses, were supposed to be thrown into concentration camps any day now. We were told we were going to be threatened with our lives. These men would hold guns to our head. Either you reject your religion and, and side with us or we kill you. Now, here's what the scenario in my head is. If I reject my faith... If I doubt my faith, and th- that's going to lead to rejecting it. So I can't have doubts because the day that I'm told, reject your faith, if they kill me, well, Jehovah God's not going to resurrect me someday into paradise. Oh, my goodness. Okay? Yeah. But if I stay true to my religion and I don't reject it, then they're going to kill me. <laughs> and I might, I'm not guaranteed, I might have a hope of resurrection depending did I do enough right in my life? Was I really a good Jehovah's Witness? Boy, this sounds like tremendous amounts of fear. It was tremendous. I lived in fear every day. So I don't know if we have time, but I'll lead to something that happened to me in high school. Because you said there was a girl at your school, you invite her and she couldn't go to your yeah, church. Yeah. So I did have my doubts. I questioned things, but I tried to reject my questions, especially when I saw stuff in the Bible. I was one of these guys that loved to read Greek and Hebrew. I liked to understand. And I would see. Ooh, that's that's bad news for a Jehovah's right? Witness, right? <laughs> yes. And then I would see how it didn't really go along with what we were teaching. Yeah. A man at the door one day um, says to me. Now, as Jehovah's Witnesses, you usually go out in twos, but yeah. sometimes you meet up and there's only three people. So me and two others went out. So we were taking turns going to doors. I went alone to a door and then the two others were at the other door down. And this man says to me, you know, I, I think I have the true religion and. Okay. Hold on. I'm going to, I'm going to cut you off right there, Michael, because this is perfect. Our, our listeners are not going to be able to avoid coming back to hear the next segment here. So what happens to Mike at the door with this guy here who tells him (laughs) he has the true religion? Stay with us. My guest today is Michael LaRae, and he is a former Jehovah's Witness. Amazing testimony. Very interesting. You can reach out to him on his YouTube channel, channel Ultimate Mordecai. And uh, we're going to be right back and uh, continue this discussion. This is Throughout All Ages Ministry with Joe and Stacy. We would like to equip you to share the gospel with confidence in a biblical and effective way. We would like to teach you through the proclamation of the gospel. Whether you're the skeptic, God who created you said that he has made himself known to you so that you are without excuse. One-on-one evangelism. How do you think you can get to heaven? I've never really thought about it, but I've always thought of, you know, doing good. For more information, go throughoutallages.com, like us on Facebook, or visit us at YouTube at Throughout All Ages. 
Not all home inspections are created equal. Joe DeMars and his team at Housemaster have performed inspections in San Diego for 22 years plus and performed over 10,000 inspections for commercial, multiple family, apartments, and residential. Call before you buy or sell. You'll have confidence knowing the true condition of the property. Call 619-660-7866, sandiego.housemaster.com. Home inspections, done right, guaranteed. 619-660-7866. Imagine restoring your health in a peaceful cabin in the forests of Julian, California. Milan Chessman knows the power of nutrition, detox, cleansing, and fasting. She is a 34-year pioneer, best-selling author, and nutritionist, and personally supervises and cares for you with a servant's heart. See testimonials and solutions for common health problems at a1fastingretreat.com, 619-562-5446. How can you live in San Diego and miss out on enjoying the water? Fast Lane Kayaking sells popular Hobie Cat kayaks that you pedal, not paddle. That means your hands are left free for fishing and fun. Just throw these on your roof rack. They're light and they're easy to use and maintain. Just rinse them off. Try one free on a demo ride. For 36 years, Ron and Debbie Lane have served San Diego with fun, family-friendly water sports of all kinds. Learn more. FastLaneSailing.com. 619-222-0766. I'm giving it all away. No more hiding. No more stalling. I hear you calling me. Thanks for tuning in to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website is educateforlife.org. And my guest today is Michael LeRae. Uh, Ultimate Mordecai is his uh, YouTube channel. You can check that out. Ultimate, U-L-T-I-M-A-T-E, and Mordecai, M-O-R-D-E-C-A-I. He has a fantastic book you can pick up also called My Jehovah, and uh, just an amazing testimony. When we left off last segment, uh, Mike, you were talking about how you were out going door to door. You walk up to this this gentleman's door. He opens the door, and he says, I've got the right religion, and, and what happens next? Right. He wasn't aware that he had just planted a great seed in me when I had left this man's door. What happens is he says, you know, I really believe that I have the real religion, the true religion. And he says, wouldn't God be upset at me if I investigated yours? And I said, no, not at all. He says, but I I believe I have the truth. And God knows that I believe I have the truth. And if I go outside of my belief, aren't I rejecting God? I said, not at all. I said, the Bible says that you should make sure of all things. I said, you got to make sure you have the truth. The guy says, really? Yes. Are you sure of that? Yes, I am sure of that. I'm so excited because I'm like, I'm going to get this guy to come to Kingdom Hall with me. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. This guy was brilliant. Dude, he, 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 he was just leading me right into something. And he says, okay, tell you what, you come with me to mine. And I'll go with you to yours. How about that? And I stopped. And I'm like, uh, 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 uh I can't do that. <laughs> he says, why not? And I said, um, well, b- because I have the truth. <laughs> <laughs> and he says to me, but I just told you that I have the truth. And I'm like, yeah, but, oh, no. And I just got whooped. Whoa. <laughs> Man, that is powerful right there. Yeah. I mean, everybody listening right now. 
if you want to know what to do when somebody comes to your door, right? Yes. You can't know what? That. You can't really battle a Jehovah's Witness with theological things. Yeah. Don't try to battle them with proving the Trinity and all this. It just, it doesn't work. Maybe on a couple, you might make them think, but this guy used a tactic that was beautiful for me and he planted a seed. I had no idea he planted a seed. I walked away defeated thinking, man, that was really embarrassing, but I meditated on his words. I chewed that cud. Oh, I yeah. swallowed what he said. It would come back up in my thoughts. I'd swallow it down. I tried really hard to reject it, but that thing stayed in my mind and it made me think outside of my religious little box. Mm. Wow, that's heavy. Did you ever did you ever go back and talk to that guy ever? No, I don't even remember where he was at. <laughs> you know, he could have been an angel or something. Yeah. <laughs> You'll meet him in heaven. Yeah, someday. bro. Absolutely. <laughs> that's so cool. So now how old were you when that happened? I think I was around 15, maybe 16 years old. Okay. So you're, you're thinking these thoughts even then. Yes. And so as you're going through high school into your senior year, and then you graduate, like you said, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses are discouraged from going to college. Why is that? Because we were told that we were supposed to make it a goal to be kingdom preachers Armageddon was just around the corner. Why would we want to make something of our lives in this world when it's all going to be destroyed someday? We have to get people to join the Jehovah's Witnesses religion so that God doesn't destroy them in Armageddon as well. Yeah. We were encouraged to have jobs. Of course, we had to make a living. Being a lowly one or poor, that was actually, you know, that's, hey, bravo, good for you. It wasn't discouraged to try to make money. But going to college today, I hear it all the time. No, we never taught that. Yes, you did. And you still don't <laughs> encourage people to go to college. The ones that are in the religion that did go to college, I guarantee you, they were not raised in the Jehovah's Witnesses and faithful to that religion all their life. They're people that turned into Jehovah's Witnesses that had already attended college. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Huh. Very interesting. So you get out of high school and take us down the road from there. What happens? Is there progressive doubts that are coming your way? Yes. Uh, what, what goes on? Okay. So I get out of high school. I'm, I'm 18 years old. I moved out on my own right away. And um, I started working as a delivery boy at Pizza Hut and thinking, okay, is this going to be my job all my life? I didn't know what to do. Um, a, a woman gives me a professional haircut one day. I had never had a professional haircut in my life. My mom always cut my hair. I hated it. <laughs> so here I am. I'm young. This girl gives me a professional haircut and she actually talks me into doing hair. And I had never heard of barbering or hairdressing in my life, but I was an artist. I wished I could have used my art skills to make a living, but I had no idea how to do that. Yeah. So she talks me into doing hair. I get in this hair business stuff and I got to tell you, I talked to so many different personalities. It was difficult for me because I would get every different belief in my chair and yeah. it felt like I was at war. And then I have girls in my chair and I liked girls all my <laughs> life you know? and I'm feeling guilty because I'm flirting it up. And I, so I, <laughs> I was constantly sin conscious. Yeah. And that any sin, lustful thoughts oh, or anything you're dude, just like, all oh the time. Gosh. Yes. It was I'm terrible. such a horrible person. <laughs> right. And so I'm like, is there any way to get rid of this sin consciousness? And I, I, I could, I couldn't. I yeah. had no way. I was constantly guilty. I was one of these Jehovah's Witnesses that would always run to the elders and tell them myself, which I was supposed to do that. Yeah. You're supposed to go confess your sin to them. They set up what they call a judicial committee. Mm -hmm. You go in this, what they call back room. 
you meet at the Kingdom Hall. You go in this back room. It's a nightmare, man. Oh, <laughs> You're sitting there, and there's three dudes across from you, and you have to tell every detail. They want the juicy information. I don't mean to make this sound as mock, but it's the truth. They wanted every detail. I remember my first time, you know, getting intimate with a girl. Yeah, yeah. And it was so embarrassing. I didn't get caught. I went and told on myself so I could maybe get forgiven by God. And then I eventually had to get disfellowshipped. That's where they excommunicate you from the, the congregation. Because of your relationship with a girl? Yeah. You, oh, you, you committed too grave of a sin. It's not about yeah. feeling sorry. You know, they say, oh, if you're repentful. No, 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 yeah. I was, man. Yeah. I was destroyed I mean, you went, you, went and, you went and confessed on your own. Oh, dude, I confessed on my own. I, I, I don't know how to get this under control. I'm not used to girls being around me. And, you know, they're, they're asking me out. And so I go and confess, give them all the juicy stuff. Mm. You know, this is your, this is the second time you've come to us oh about gosh. this. So I got disfellowshipped for like two years. I couldn't talk to friends or family, you know, I, I'd go in the kingdom hall and it's like being a ghost. No one can look at you. No one can smile at you, greet you. You walk, it's like the walk of shame and you go and you sit down quietly. The thing starts, you got two hours in there. Two hours later, you leave your heads down. Nobody says goodbye. Nobody says, well, it, it, it could go on for more. Now this... Boy, this is like serious trauma. I mean, this is emotional abuse. Absolutely. Uh, it's I, taking scripture, twisting it to to confirm to your own belief, the belief of the Watchtower yeah. Society, saying, remove the wicked man from among the midst of the congregation. And this guy, me, I'm getting punished years. Happened to my mom, happened to my sister, happened to friends of mine. I can't tell you how many people in my life have committed suicide and are no longer here. I attempted it five times. Oh my gosh. Boy, that breaks my heart. Yeah. I, I just, uh, man, Michael, I, I just thank you for sharing this because a lot of people look at Jehovah's Witnesses and on the outside, what they see is, hey, these are good people. They're doing great things. They're nice. They're kind. You know, maybe they're wrong, but they're nice. They're, they're family oriented. But what you're saying right here is just devastating. I mean, this is not family friendly. Right. This is pain. Right. And and th and what you're sharing is this is not uh, an anomaly. What you're sharing, this is the norm, or or is this just your experience? This is the norm. I can go on and on. Name so many people that have committed suicide that are gone. I am connecting now. I thought I was like all alone out there. Yeah. And now I'm fine because of this uh, Facebook and all these different ways of people getting in touch with each yeah. other. I had no idea other people like myself exist out there. Wow. When we come back, we're going to continue this uh, discussion. And I think, um, you know, as Christians, our goal is to rescue people from hollow and deceptive philosophy that they've been captured by. And uh, we, we owe it to Christ and to these people. Um, not to shut the door on them, but to reach out with the love of God. Stay with us. My guest is Michael LeRae. We're going to be right back. In 
1947, Gordon Tucker began serving San Diego County families. Today, the family tradition continues with two stores, Tucker's Valley Furniture and Cash and Carry, both right across the street in El Cajon at Maine and Mollison. Whether you want today's modern, eco-friendly furniture or authentic Amish furniture from solid cherry wood built in America, let the Tucker family serve your family. Learn more at tuckersvalleyfurniture.com. A proud sponsor of Educate for Life with Kevin Conover. When you need tires or service, count on Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service in Oceanside for a full range of affordable options in all the brands you trust. See their great customer reviews and special offers online. Hours Tuesday through Friday, 7.30 to 5.30, and Saturdays, 7.30 to 5. Call Dan and his team at 760-439-1631. Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service, 2405 Oceanside Boulevard in Oceanside, 760-439-1631. Not all home inspections are created equal. Joe DeMars and his team at Housemaster have performed inspections in San Diego for 22 years plus and performed over 10,000 inspections for commercial, multiple family, apartments, and residential. Call before you buy or sell. You'll have confidence knowing the true condition of the property. Call 619-660-7866, sandiego.housemaster.com. Home inspections, done right, guaranteed. 619-660-7866. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. How can you live in San Diego and miss out on enjoying the water? Fast Lane Kayaking sells popular Hobie Cat kayaks that you pedal, not paddle. That means your hands are left free for fishing and fun. Just throw these on your roof rack. They're light and they're easy to use and maintain. Just rinse them off. Try one free on a demo ride. For 36 years, Ron and Debbie Lane have served San Diego with fun, family-friendly water sports of all kinds. Learn more. FastLaneSailing.com. 619-222-0766. There's got to be more than going back and forth. Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. Uh, check us out. Check, you can check out this radio program on YouTube. It's on iTunes. We podcast it. And I'm running for Grossmont Union School Board. If you think it's important that there are God-loving, uh, pro-family, conservative people on, on the school board, please consider supporting my campaign, KevinConover.com. I, I still am raising money to cover all my costs, uh, but it's looking really good, and I think I'm going to win. So praise God for that. My guest today is Michael LaRay. He is a former Jehovah's Witness, and we left off last segment. He attempted to commit suicide five times. Mike, that's uh, absolutely crazy. When was the first time that you attempted to commit suicide? It was just a little, like maybe a few weeks before I actually left the Jehovah's Witnesses. I was just about to turn 30 years old. Okay. And my life was just crumbling, you know, one thing after another, I mean, my, my, I was married, my wife and I are filing divorce. I don't tell her at first that I'm 
finding things in the Bible that are disturbing me so much. And she's a Jehovah's Witness. And too. she's a Jehovah's Witness, born and raised. Now, as well. you're, are your is your uh, mother and father and your sister still Jehovah's Witness too at no, this time? Well, actually, my father just left recently. My two sisters have been out of it for years. My mom, she's still in it. Were they before you? Did they leave before you or after you? My sisters both left before me. Okay. Now, how did that impact you? That, well, when my, my older sister was disfellowshipped, she could never do anything right enough to be a part. So she just faded away. Mm. My younger sister moves out of my parents' house when she's like 15 and a half years old. She got emancipated because there was a lot of bad stuff going on in my parents' house. And uh, I was living on my own already. She goes and lives with one of our uh, aunts that is uh, um, an aunt through marriage, okay? And this woman takes my sister to church. And my sister suddenly finds herself walking up and and asking Jesus in. And so I thought, oh, man. Now, she was never a baptized Jehovah's Witness. So it wasn't like she was, they call me an apostate because I left and went to Jesus. The, a, a person that's not baptized, they're, they're not, you know, so she never got baptized as Jehovah's Witness. And she started going to church and telling me about Jesus. And so I was trying to get her back in, you know, you got to come back in this stuff. And <laughs> but anyway, I would do personal research in the Bible and I was finding so much stuff. Now, you're not supposed to do personal research, though, right? No, not unless it's with the use of watchtower literature. So were you afraid? Were you nervous about doing that? or were I you... was very nervous because I'm finding out what, oh, there's things, there's misquotes on people. I actually, through the power of this thing called internet, started <laughs> the, the quotes that the Watchtower Society was taking from other people. They would break up sentences um, like dot, 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 you know, they'd quote somebody yeah, yeah, dot, dot, yeah. dot. Jesus is dot, 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 not God, dot, dot, dot. And I'm like, whoa, see, they're backing them up when really this person is saying Jesus is divine. He is God, you know? Yeah. And, and um, I'm like, what? Our literature's lying. What else? What else are they lying about? One day I'm reading the Bible and I'm looking at the book of, uh, of uh, uh, Luke, I think, and it's, the, it's where Thomas said that I will not believe unless, because Jesus just got resurrected, but he's telling him, Thomas, Jesus back to life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I won't believe it unless I see the nails, the holes in his hands from the nails yeah. that were in his hands. He yeah. didn't say nails in his hands and feet. He just said hands. And I saw the word nails and it came up to my eyes and stared at me, nails, plural. The Watchtower Society teaches he had one nail in his hand. Mm. The cross is a lie. His arms are above his head. The, the hands are crossed above his head yeah, with yeah. one nail. And I'm like, wait a minute, nails. I look in the Greek. It's a plural word, nails, more than one. And it got me thinking, what's going on? Wow. Yeah. So so at this point, you now you said that you didn't um, actually even know when you when you got saved. So take us through that. What Lead us up to the point where you accept Christ. And then how do you get to a point where you, you recognize that you're saved? Okay. So, oh, wow. I, I, I am really close to killing myself. My mind is saying suicide, suicide. Do everybody a favor. Do yourself, do your family, do your friends, do your wife, do the congregation, do Jehovah God a favor and kill yourself. And I believe. Boy, and that's from the pit of hell. Amen. And I thought, if I do this, this is the only right thing I can do in my life. I'll finally do something right. 
And this was because you thought it was the right thing to do because you were doubting so much. Absolutely. Okay. I was doubting so much. I was doing wrong. My thoughts were wrong. Everything was just wrong in my life. And I just had to end it. I had to get out. Yeah. This was my only way of escape. And I didn't even want God to forgive me for it. I wanted to be gone forever because Jehovah's Witnesses don't teach about going to hell. You're just gone forever. Mm. You're not in existence anymore. So I, uh, I take all these pills, um, couple bottles of these pain pills and, and boom, I'm lights out thinking I just did it and uh, wake up, you know, in the hospital. I mean, this was so terrible, you know, and this happened to me over and over again. One day I'm still a Jehovah's Witness. I'm laying in bed. Um, I was praying all night. God, please tell me who you are. I don't know who you are. I need to know the love. I, I got to have a personal relationship with you. I'm tired of thinking you're this guy that wants to destroy me. Please reveal yourself to me. Now, I had a radio alarm clock, and every day that alarm clock went off like around 5.30 a.m., I think, and um, it was set to the same station because I like to get up, go to the gym in the morning, and I'm not a morning person, so I put rock music on, get me all fired up. It was Rock 105.3 yeah, in San Diego. Yeah, I used to listen to that, too. Okay. <laughs> so, so I set my state. It's set to there yeah, every day. Yeah. This particular morning, the morning after I'm praying all night, my radio alarm clock goes off and a voice over the radio is talking about Jesus. And my brain is saying, get up, turn that evil stuff off. What is this? I never heard this kind of stuff before. Yeah. Get out of bed right now and turn it off. It's satanic. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm, I'm like, but my heart, my heart feels like there's a hand knocking, knock, knock, let me in. Knock, knock. I'm here. Let me in. I feel this conviction in my heart. Stay in bed. Keep on listening. This is the answer. Knock, knock. So I'm laying there and I just lay there feeling guilty. You know, this is, this is against my conscience, but I'm doing it. And at the end of this thing, this guy's talking about forgiveness and salvation, something I've never heard. We don't have savior as Jehovah's Witnesses. Salvation. What's that? Wow. What's that? So here I, and that's all, I, I mean, that's all over the Bible. And yet. We didn't have it. You didn't have it. And we also were not allowed to speak to Jesus. That's a false God. If you speak to him, you're speaking to a false God. So here I am. I'm hearing this guy and he says, do you want to ask Jesus into your heart? My heart says, yes. Do you want to ask him in and invite him right now? Yes. So I get up out of bed. I drop to my knees and I pray to Jesus. And I feel this supernatural, like a giant stone get lifted off of my back. But it terrified me. Yeah. Because I'm like, did, did I just let Satan in my life? Oh, no. I prayed to Jesus. I oh, feel no. too good. <laughs> I'm not supposed to feel this way. Yeah, exactly. So now I'm battling, dude. I'm battling. I can't share what happened to me, to my friends, family, nobody. I just did something evil. I don't have any other people I can share this with. So I'm bottling it all up. I tempt suicide again. Cause I'm and I miraculously survived this suicide attempt. And, um, and that's a whole, that's all in my book. I put every detail. So if you want to find yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, keep it short. My Jehovah for you, the, for those of you who are listening out there, Michael Loray, my Jehovah is the book. And, uh, we've got one more segment left. Uh, there's no way we can capture everything, uh, you know, on this program and what he's sharing with his testimony. And it's just phenomenal. And I, I just, pray that more people hear about this and reach out to Jehovah's Witnesses to pull them out of that uh, horrible prison cell. It's unbelievable. We're going to be right back. We've got one more segment to go, and uh, you'll, we'll finish off this story with Michael LeRae. Stay with us. 
Imagine restoring your health in a peaceful cabin in the forests of Julian, California. Milan Chessman knows the power of nutrition, detox, cleansing, and fasting. She is a 34-year pioneer, best-selling author, and nutritionist, and personally supervises and cares for you with a servant's heart. See testimonials and solutions for common health problems at a1fastingretreat.com, 619-562-5446. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. In 1947, Gordon Tucker began serving San Diego County families. Today, the family tradition continues with two stores, Tucker's Valley Furniture and Cash and Carry, both right across the street in El Cajon at Maine and Mollison. Whether you want today's modern, eco-friendly furniture or authentic Amish furniture from solid cherry wood built in America, let the Tucker family serve your family. Learn more at tuckersvalleyfurniture.com. A proud sponsor of Educate for Life with Kevin Conover. I will cast my cares on you. You're the anchor of my hope, the only one who's in control. Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website is educateforlife.org. And uh, you can pick up a recording of the show. We got a f- phenomenal show with Michael LeRae. Uh, he is a former Jehovah's Witness and ha- just has an amazing testimony. You can check him out on Ultimate Mordecai at uh, YouTube. That's U-L-T-I-M-A-T-E, Mordecai, M-O-R-D-E-C-A-I. If you want to get a hold of him personally, you can get a hold of him through email, Michael Leray, L-E-H-R-E, at yahoo.com. Michael, this has been an amazing show. I, I feel like there's so much insight here into what's going on in a person's life and and uh, in your life and Jehovah's Witness life. Um, I had a friend tell me, he said, uh, he, he took, this friend of mine said, I'm considering becoming a Jehovah's Witness. And I said, why? And he said, he said, well, they're just such nice people. They can't be wrong. They're just so nice. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you respond to something like that? Wow. You know, I'm sure that, um, I'm sure that the scribes and Pharisees back in Jesus' day, because of the way they dressed and their performance on the outside looked so nice. Yeah. But I'm sure that they had sin consciousness in their hearts all the time that led them to hate others, to abandon others, to, 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 to disfellowship others from Mm -hmm. their lives. These guys, they don't know what they're getting into because they're looking at performance, but really the heart, man, it's eating you up your conscience. You have no freedom. Jehovah's witnesses are so afraid of freedom, especially they mock people. Once you're saved by Jesus, once saved, always saved. that's, that's crazy. That just gives you an excuse to sin. When I first asked Jesus into my heart over that radio station, I, um, I had, I was confused. 
You know, I eventually gave everything up. I had had it. I had had it. The Bible, I thought it was, I thought Bible meant bipolar, you know. So I threw all my Bibles. I wanted nothing. I wanted to be an atheist. I started doing drugs. I lost my business, my home, my wife. Everything crashed around me. No friends, no family. And this is because you're so bitter about what you've been through. I'm so bitter. And this is common with Jehovah's Witnesses. That's right. And And even though I knew I prayed to Jesus... I did not think he gave me a gift, a gift of righteousness, a gift of salvation. When you are confused about your identity, you will walk in confusion. But when you are convicted about your identity, and when I found out years later that my identity did not, did not depend upon my performance, that it was about receiving by grace, all I had to do was receive it. Then I can walk in my identity. It's like Superman never being told he can, uh, he's bulletproof or that he can fly. <laughs> he's going to be scared to go help other people. No, I don't want to get shot. <laughs> so, so I had to know what my identity was. And that didn't happen until around 2012. I leave the Jehovah's Witnesses in 2002. 2012, I meet this girl. I'm living in Ocean Beach, San Diego. Ocean Beach, that's where I grew uh, OB. up. OB. Yeah. yeah, dude. I, I love that place. That's yeah. my home, man. So um, so I, I, I'm in OB. I meet this girl. We start talking. You know, there was something different about her. I said, and I didn't really want spirituality or anything anymore, but I, I had it in my heart. Yeah. Somebody had to resurrect. It's like this tiny little spark that just had to be ignited again. Yeah. Fan those flames. Boom. So this girl, <laughs> she, uh, I'm like, there's something different about about her, you know, and, uh, and first I'm like, you're not from here, right? And she's no, I'm from Connecticut. And I'm like, oh, okay. And, and I said, you know, I keep hearing Jesus in my heart, Jesus, Jesus. So I said, can I ask you something? She says, sure. I said, do you know Jesus? And, and she <laughs> says, Jesus. Yeah. He's my homeboy. And my jaw drops. <laughs> I, I never heard anybody say Jesus is my homeboy. I had known Christians and stuff, but they had, you know, they, they, I think they meant well, but they confused me too. You know, yeah, yeah you might not be saved. So I, I went up to altar call thousands of times, man, hoping that one day it would take, maybe Jesus saved me this time. Nope. Not this time, dude. You just had an evil thought. Try again next time. <laughs> oh, no. In grace, out of grace. In yeah. grace out. Yeah. So I end up moving to Connecticut to follow this girl so I could date her because there's something about her. I want to get to know more. And I want Jesus, dude. I want this. I'm tired of my old life. I'm tired of condemnation eating away at my heart. I'm putting on a great facade, like wearing a Halloween costume. I'm pretending to be this super cool dude that's got his act together and party and all that. But inside, something's eating me away. I'm feeling like this black hole. Just can't get enough, like an empty vacuum sucking the world up. But I have nothing from it, no fulfillment from yeah. it. I move out to Connecticut, dude. And um, and her family, her family are believers, right? So when I go to her mom and dad's house and on their TV 24-7 is, is, is a Christian network, a TBN, I think. And I never heard of that in my life. And they're watching TV. And I remember watching it and I'm hearing these guys talk about grace, something I had never, I might've heard a little bit about it before, but never at this level. I mean, grace is like going radical today. And I think we all need it, man. We're all tired of performance, relying on our performance. When God's grace takes hold of you, dude, your performance, it's just like all this old stuff starts crumbling off of you. Mm -hmm. You start walking in righteousness. You know, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Second Corinthians 521. He made you 
as he is in the spirit. So I'm watching this and I hear this voice on the TV and I turn my head. That's the voice on the radio from 14 years ago. Well, today's 14 years ago. So it was probably like yeah, <laughs> this yeah. Is in 2012. Sorry. Yeah. So I see this guy um, and I'm like, oh, and right in front of her family and everybody, I start bawling my head off, man. Wow. That's the guy that led me to Christ over the radio. His name was Greg Glory. You know, I wish I could talk to him someday and let him know, hey, dude, it was your voice that led me in that direction. Yeah. And man, I just, I started just feeding on the gospel and I started looking at the Bible. Holy Spirit, I invite you to give me a fresh revelation of Jesus. Give me an understanding mind, a hearing heart. Help me to rightly divide the word of truth. And when I started praying like that, and I do it every time, it's like blessing your food before you eat. Yeah. I tell my food, you're turning into muscle. (laughs) (laughs) So before I read the Bible, you know, I I invite the Holy Spirit. So I don't have to rely on my old self. or, Or So now when I read it, whoa. I see it with a whole new light, man. There's so much freedom. Oh yeah. Just so much grace and freedom. And all the, the burden is gone and we yeah. can just rest in Christ. I don't have to be this perfect person. You just nailed it. Rest. That is the land that God wants us all to be put in. Amen. Rest. I have a, a, a five part series on my YouTube channel called when you snooze, you win. When you <laughs> rest in him and he let him carry like that lamb that straight away, yeah. Jesus said that this lamb that had gone away, a sheep strays. The shepherd goes and searches for it. He leaves 99 behind to search for this one that strayed. And do you know what? He does all the work. The, the sheep didn't go try to find him. He was lost. The shepherd does all the work, lifts the sheep up on his shoulders, carries him back, tells his friends, let's throw a party. And he says, there's more joy in heaven over one sheep that repents. And I'm like, Lord, how did the sheep repent? <laughs> Isn't repent beat yourself up and turn in the opposite direction? No, it's a Greek word. Metanoia, change mind. How did the sheep change his mind? He consented to allow the Lord to lift him up. When you consent to allow the Lord to lift you up on his shoulders, you're putting your trust in him. Amen. You're not worried that he's going to go throw you in a pit and say, go, go learn a lesson. He didn't say, hey, guys, let's come over to the sheep and break his leg and shun him. Yeah. That was religious tradition. Yeah, yeah. Boy, that is, I, I can't think of a better place to end than on that note. The word repent is a change of mind. Change of mind. It doesn't mean that we become perfect. It means we've submitted our, we've, we've said, God, you're right, not me. Amen. Boy, amen. That deserves a high five. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't see that if you were just listening, but right you could see it if you were on YouTube. Mike, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you. It was my pleasure, Kevin. Yeah, that's Michael LeRae. And uh, please check him out, Ultimate Mordecai. Uh, that's his YouTube channel, Michael LeRae at yahoo.com. You pick up his book, support him, support what he's doing. My Jehovah by Michael Array. Uh, please do so because, uh, boy, what an incredible testimony. God has redeemed him and is using him now to bring light to other people's souls and grace and rest. We're going to be back next Saturday, uh, 2 to 3. And uh, please join us. Uh, my website is educateforlife.org. You can pick up recordings there. I hope you have a fantastic Saturday. 
and I hope you get to rest in the Lord. God bless you. Did you miss part of today's program? Don't worry, we're committed to helping you get the info you need. Okay, that was dumb. But for real, visit EducateForLife.com for podcasts and video recordings of the show and to sign up for the School of Unshakable Faith. Leave us your comments, compliments, questions, or concerns at 800-243-9719 or email KevCon at EducateForLife.com. That's K-E-V-C-O-N at EducateForLife.com. You will always be much more to me. Every day I wrestle with the voices that keep telling me I'm not right, but that's all.